<laughs> Welcome to Mama's High on Chai, a space where we have honest conversations about wellness, culture, mindset, and self discovery, all through the lens of motherhood. Hey everyone, welcome to yet another episode of Mama's High on Chai. This is your host, Simi. As always, I appreciate you tuning in and spending your time and your energy with me. Today's guest requires absolutely no introduction, but I'm going to introduce her anyways. We have Tina Singh in the house and Tina is an online content creator and shares her journey as a mother of three young boys with her community, which she termed Marmy, which means mom army. She tackles mm. topics like motherhood, marriage, wellness, and entrepreneurship. She also hosts a podcast called One Take with Tina, where she discusses social issues from her perspective as a first-generation Canadian and how these issues uh, affect parenting. Motherhood can be messy, but Tina encourages women to live their best life in their own unique and wonderful ways. Tina has also been recognized in the Mom 2.0 community and was nominated for two Iris Awards in 2018 and three Iris Awards in 2019. In addition, Tina is also a member of the YouTube Kids Parent Advisory Panel. And welcome, Tina. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was like, yeah, that was a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Your bio. Wow. It's amazing. So extensive. And you are such an inspiration for so many women, not just South Asian uh, women, but mothers of, you know, from all walks of life and um, even women of color. So, you know, you attract so many, you know, women in, uh, in your industry, like in, in what you do, right? As an influencer, as a content creator online. And I'm so excited to have you on this platform today and chat with you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Always happy to chat with another mama. Yeah. So, you know, when I first met you and met you online, I mm -hmm. saw like all the things that you were doing, you know, as an influencer, a YouTuber, podcaster, like my first question that came to mind is, and I think I even asked you this, how do you do it? Like, how do you manage all that and, you know, still sort of balance your personal life at the same time? And how do you take time for yourself and all that? So I think that right off the bat, I'm going to say that I don't do it all. Like I think a lot of people have this misconception of mm -hmm. uh, being able to do it all. Yes, I take on a lot. And that is the entrepreneurial spirit in my bloodline. <laughs> so that's, that's, just, that's just who I am. Um, so yes, I take on a lot. But uh, at the same time, everything you take on comes with a price, right? So right. I don't have a spotless home or a folded laundry, but that's the price I pay for yeah. doing other things that are more important or more valuable for me. Um, right. And, you know, you just have to sort of pick and choose what's important to you and what you choose to spend your time on. Right, right. And so 
take us to through you know walk us through a day in your life what because i i feel like you know even though you would agree that and, and you've even said that to me that i pretty much put my entire life on on social media right but i feel like still like it doesn't matter how much you share um online of of your own life there's still a lot of things that like you can't share everything right Right. So I don't share uh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, like you know, try and walk us through a day in your life, maybe, and like what goes on, sort of behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. So, a, a look at my life, like on an average day. So, I put out videos on YouTube Monday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, let's say, for example, it is a Monday morning. Monday morning, I will be releasing the video that I recorded. Like my day starts with releasing the video that I recorded and edited the night before um, or on Saturday and edited on Sunday night. So my mm-hmm. day starts with sort of releasing those that video to the world, promoting it on social. And then honestly, it's COVID. And so my kids are all home. And so I got to give them breakfast and mm-hmm. we do this homeschool business. And um, I try to check in on Insta stories throughout the day to check in with all the other moms to see how we're doing and all the other people, like how are mm-hmm. we coping? Um, and honestly, I think I do what most moms are doing right now during COVID and just or a mom who, who spends most of her time at home or who works from home. It's mm-hmm. really just in between things, throwing in a load of laundry, you know, prepping some dinner. Like my day really looks like everyone else's with the exception of when my kids go to sleep, mm-hmm. I am editing or podcasting or recording. That, I think right. that's the only difference. And so there's not very much um, downtime. There's not a lot of free time because right. I can't, you know, if I spend those after hours working on things um, for, for my job as a digital content creator, then I don't have those minutes and hours to spend, you know, folding laundry, cleaning up, doing all those things, right? So right. There's, there's not a lot of free time. So do you get, do you feel a lot of guilt at times or are you like at a point where you're used to it now that you've kind uh, of- So you mean guilt, like working, like guilt focusing on that, like when like, I should, could or should be doing other things, <laughs> maybe? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, guilt isn't, I, I feel like women, especially moms, they have a lot of guilt surrounding like not being able to do everything. So like, there's a lot of expectations that we even put up, put on ourselves that, okay, like, and you even mentioned that maybe the laundry won't be folded or laundry may not even be done, right? Um mm-hmm. So if you do end up spending more time on your online content um, and not being able to get a lot of things done, do you find that you, you still have a lot of guilt? Uh, I'll say this. So I think mom guilt is a thing that never goes away, in yeah. my opinion. I feel like you always have guilt one way or another, you know, about something. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. The second thing is I think as time has gone on and, you know, my oldest now is eight, uh, I think as time has gone on and as I've come to the realization that the standards that we put on ourselves and that society puts on mothers and the way that we should live and present our homes and lives and children, Mm -hmm. um, the more and more I've realized that that's so unrealistic, the less guilt that I feel, right? So not having certain things done, I don't feel as guilty about that anymore. So if the auntie shows up at my house and rings the doorbell and my house is not clean, I don't really feel that bad about it anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm a human. If it's like really a mess, then, you know, I, I feel, I don't feel good about it, but like, mm-hmm. it's not really guilty. 
right? Like I don't feel right. guilty in that sense. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like doing things for my kids when I'm trying to work, like for example, yeah. when my kids are like playing video games, mom, look at like everything. They can't just play or watch a video. Mom, look at this. I have to be involved in everything, right? Mm-hmm. So even with the older ones. And so sometimes I'm trying to catch up and respond to the DMs and do all that. And so for someone else that might seem like, oh, I'm you know, neglecting my kids because I'm on social media for a couple of minutes, a certain few times a day, but Mm -hmm. really that's my job. And if I think about it, there's a lot of parents, like, especially now during COVID, a lot of parents who are at home trying to work from home Mm -hmm. while managing their kids and they're experiencing a ton of guilt and overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And if you really think about it, if I chose to do my work outside the home, maybe Mm -hmm. I wouldn't feel as guilty. Yeah. Right. It's because I'm around all the time and I'm trying to divide that attention, which I think is actually harder to do, like divide attention. Totally. Um, I'm trying to remind myself that, you know, I spent many years, um, I'm actually a regulated health professional and what I did for many years, I, I haven't been doing as of late, but like, I didn't work in the house then, like before I had kids. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, work and goals and creativity are important to me. And Mm -hmm. so I think a big part of taking care of your kids is taking care of yourself. And, you know, it's, it's really important to me. And so I've, I let that go. Like I don't do other things. Like Mm -hmm. I won't make as much time to do, you know, other things that maybe would be fun, like going out and doing different things, Mm -hmm. but this is important to me. And I think trying to let go of that guilt, um, because you also think about the example you're setting for your kids too. And I think that's really important, um, for me to set an example of, you know, we work hard to achieve the goals that we have. We work hard Mm -hmm. to get the things that we want. And, um, if it means that I didn't watch their video game for a second, but they see me working hard, then I mm-hmm. think that's an okay trade-off. Right. Yeah. I, I find that too, especially now it's my attention is so divided. It's, it's difficult to focus at work. And then I feel that guilt that I'm not paying full attention or, or you know, but just being mindful with my kids being around uh, because there's just so much going on and you're just, everyone is just cooped up in one space. So yes, I, I can totally relate um, in what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the stay at, of, stay at home moms um, who have like side hustles or are on their creative journeys, they also probably feel the same way. And it's, it's way harder to do than have to go to work and set that, set that specific time aside um, for work and then, and, and separate that, right. Separate yourself from your home life. Yeah. One piece of advice that I heard from someone, got from somewhere, I don't even remember where, where I heard it, but mm-hmm. it's like, if you are at, with your kids, like be there present 100% with your kids. And then mm-hmm. if you're working, be committed to that. And so now, um, you know, because this was my first year, actually September or last September was the first year where I had all three kids out of the house, right? Like mm-hmm. I've been like knee deep in parenting for many years. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, I just sort of, started to get a little bit of time for myself to work during the day. So I wasn't feeling that pressure and mm-hmm. staying up, you know, till, till 1am doing stuff. I finally got to that point and then it was so, so quickly taken away. So yeah. I'm still trying to find that balance. Mm-hmm. So what motivated you to start YouTube? That's how you started, right? To start a YouTube yes. channel? Yes. So I think for me, I just had my third kid. And he was already like, you know, turning two, three months old. And I was never good at taking pictures. 
Like I was never the person who was like, oh, here, let me get a picture of this. I really want to enjoy the moment or I tried to enjoy the moment or I get frustrated when I couldn't get a good picture. So I'm like, forget it. I don't want to deal with this. We'll just remember it. (laughs) Um, And I just realized that they're getting older and older and what a great way to create a permanent memory for my family. So like if you go Mm -hmm. back to my very first vlog, it's Mm -hmm. like I've got my youngest one in a carrier and then like my oldest one is like three and a half and um, my middle one is like two. And it's, it's, it's chaos, but it was like, when I think back to those days, I think of them fondly and the kids love to be able to actually go back and see themselves because they can see almost like every week what they were doing for Mm -hmm. almost their, you know, their entire childhood. So it was a way to create a uh, permanent memory for them. That's awesome. And so I want to talk about a little bit about, you know, what we, what you mentioned about staying up late and creating content and everything. Like, I feel like there are a lot of misconceptions about that as well, like about, you know, just being a content creator um, online. And it seems really easy. You post a photo or a video or write a caption. And, you know, some people think that's all it takes, right? But there's a lot more that goes on in, in the background. And there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears and a lot of mental energy. So can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. So I think people really have a misconception about content creators. Like you said, um, there's all types of different content creators, right? Like there's, there's people who do specifically Instagram or they just podcast or, you know, there's all different, um, areas of social media. And I think what people don't realize is that all those different areas of social media require so much work and different types of energy. Right. Right. So I think when you look at Instagram, I think Instagram is the most um, misconceived one because mm-hmm. people think you're just posting a photo, but really there's more to it than that. When you think about posting an Instagram photo and I'm no Instagram ex- expert, it's actually my most frustrating platform. I would say <laughs> it's my most frustrating, <laughs> but I love it the most because I love to share on it. I'd love to do Insta stories. It's a great way to check in throughout the day. Right. So I love using it, but in terms of like content creator and growth, it's like a really frustrating platform. Yeah. Um, but when you're thinking about when to post photos, it's not just, oh, take a picture, snap it. No, if you're if you're a mom like me and you got three kids, you always look a hot mess. And so the realer you keep it, the better it is. But mm-hmm. if you are trying to create a certain aesthetic, you have to set up a shoot in your home, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, stage it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You have to get a photo. If it includes mm-hmm. your kids, it's going to take 17 hours because you had bribes to get them to do it, right? Yeah. But like, if it's just you, you got to set up your shoot. You got to take your photo. Once yeah. you have your photo, you got to pick out of them. You got to edit it. You got to yeah. make it go with your grid. You have to yeah. upload it. You got to think of a caption and the right hashtags and the time to post it and the day to post it, right? Yeah. Who to tag, right? And how yeah. do you capitalize on things that are going on that day to make your content relevant? <laughs> so it's not just... It's not just snapping a picture and posting it. And there's totally. more to it than that, right? There's so <laughs> I can to totally it. relate to it. I'm yeah. I'm so new to this world, right? And um, yeah, like all that you said is 100% true. And um, I actually, you know, I actually had a conversation with one of my friends who is a marketing media person. And um, he, he was he started giving me all these tips like, oh, like if you want to post on Instagram, you want to you want to check your insights and, you know, post it at the time that most of your followers are online and this and that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like on top of all the things that I'm doing, I have to think about all these things. And yeah, 
It's a lot. And the thing is, it's always changing. So he's like, you yeah. never know if you're doing it right. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. And I think, yeah, Instagram is one of those ones that people just, they're just like, oh, you just posted a couple of pictures. Like people don't get that, right? Like I have um, a friend who recently started doing makeup and mm-hmm. she does like, you know, she has this, like she has a beauty page basically. And mm-hmm. she, you know, she posts these pictures of her and all these different makeup looks. And I know that I can see the reflection of the ring light in her eyes because she is doing all this at night while her one-year-old and four-year-old are asleep, right? Mm. So I know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I think people are like, oh yeah, you're doing this, but like who has, who has so much time during the day with small kids awake to create a yeah. beauty look, take a picture and post? Like, I mean, people don't realize, like you said, the blood, sweat and tears that people are putting into their content. Like yeah. I spend either every Saturday night or every Sunday night editing the vlog for Monday morning, right? right like every, right. every week, forever for the yeah. last like five years. So, yeah. I mean, I think people don't see those hours that go into video editing is a little bit different. I think people acknowledge that that's, you know, that's some work. Um, mm-hmm. But even still, like a, a lot of people, a lot of people don't. And I think Instagram gets a bad rap sometimes. Yeah, no, totally. And then, you know, sometimes like I've even hit some creative blocks where I'm, you know, I have my podcast ready to go, it's released, and I want to write like a a nice caption, because I'm really passionate about that topic. And I'm just like, I cannot think of anything to write, like what is going on? (laughs) Yeah, you know, know, yeah we're human and you know a lot of people that's another thing a lot of people create batch content right like they have a photographer come to their house or they have a friend take pictures of them and they get like you know 40 pictures as their content for the month right like they do that and then they you know they change clothes and they do that so instagram was meant to be like instant photos in real time but like that's definitely not what it is um and (laughs) yeah not at all right um so i mean it's a whole different it's a whole different thing. Yeah. And even thinking of captions and like, it takes creativity. You can't just slap something out there and be like, here, we'll see who likes it. Like yeah. it just doesn't work like that. <laughs> I mean, not for most people anyways. Yeah, no, it's so true. There's a lot more, more thought that goes, it goes into it. And uh, it's, it's a, the online world is a completely different beast, like especially Instagram. It's mm-hmm. um So that kind of brings me to, I'm very, very interested in hearing your take on social media and how it affects mental health as an, especially as an influencer. So this is a topic I'm passionate about. Um, I've talked about it. I've talked about social media and motherhood because I think that's a real, a real, real big challenge, or it can be a very big challenge for a lot of Mm -hmm. people, but in terms of, you know, mental health and being an influencer or creator or, you know, anyone who has their face online, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, I think mental health can be very tricky for a lot of reasons. First of all, if you're someone like me who deals with anxiety and, you know, other, other mental health issues on a regular anyways, Mm -hmm. having other people comment or have free reign at your life becomes challenging sometimes, right? So we all know there's internet trolls will say anything and everything to try to get your attention, right? And after, you know, and I've been sort of in the space for almost five years. And so for me, it's like a lot of the stuff just kind of rolls off my back now, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't always that way. And it's still not always that way. There still be those things that kind of really get to me and they can affect how I'm feeling about myself. And, you know, it's not just what people say about you. It's also acknowledgement and owning your own feelings. And I want to give you an example. Hmm. So 
during COVID, I think like most people, I think my emotions have been up or up and down. They've been, mm-hmm. they've been okay overall. I mean, I'm taking care of three kids all day, essentially by myself because my husband's so busy with work mm-hmm. and I'm trying to homeschool them and, you know, be teacher, be mom, uh, be content creator, be all those things. And so mm-hmm. it's been a lot. And I, I very openly share my experiences, um, on Instagram and on YouTube. Right. And there's a lot of people who appreciate that, right? That appreciate that kind of real unfiltered look at life, which is the only way right. I do social media personally, just as a side note. Like yeah, I think yeah. if you're going to be on social media, if you're not authentic, then people will see right through you, right? So totally. I, I pride myself on that realness, even if it's uncomfortable for some, right? So <laughs> I think that me sharing my experience during COVID and you know the days where things weren't so great and I couldn't find all the silver linings, mm-hmm. I think people... Some people have a problem with that, right? Some people are coming to Instagram or they're coming to social media because they want uh, an escape from their own reality sometimes, right? Like sometimes people are coming on and to be able to relate to others. And sometimes people are looking for, you know, an inspirational room decor or whatever. Like, you know, people Mm -hmm. are looking for a certain vibe in their life and everyone's entitled to that, like the energy Mm -hmm. they want to keep around them. Mm-hmm. But sharing my own experience and getting some feedback that they felt people felt, or some people felt that it was really negative, mm-hmm. made me want to hide how I was feeling, which is not good for mental health. Like I think yeah. that if you're going to share, and that comes back to uh, you talking about like every like, do you share everything about your life on social media? And it's like I don't share everything. I I think I share about ninety percent of my life on social yeah. media. Yeah. Um, but not everything. And I think that no matter how much you try to post on social, everything comes with a little bit of a filter, right? So Mm -hmm. when I was feeling like I couldn't express my feelings, then I went and I made a post about it. I was like, listen, I think we're allowed to say how we're feeling, right? And then again with the comments, right? And so, you know, it it becomes challenging because you don't know if you should act a part or just Mm -hmm. be who you are. Even if being who you are means that some people don't like you so much. And that's the truth in real life too, right? Like, I mean, not everyone's yeah. going to like you and that's okay. True. Um, so I think I find that balance um, a challenge, right? To share yeah. the real and authentic um, it, without being like overly complaining. Is that the word? <laughs> overly complaining? Yeah. yeah. Being inspirational, right? So it's, it's hard to find that balance because it really depends on what the viewer is looking for. Um, and so that's what, I think that's a big challenge uh, to mental health for me along with, you know, the comments and people saying what you do in your life. And then, you know, in the back of your mind, anytime anyone makes a comment uh, about me and the ones that I get a lot are ones like you don't do anything all day. You sit home and your, mm. your, your husband provides everything you need for you. Like that I get a lot. Um, yeah. And it's, it's absolutely not true. And inside it makes me like fuming because <laughs> I feel like it's such a horrible, horrible thing to say to, to say, someone, yeah. especially when, especially when, Forget it. if you if you are a stay at home mom, that is enough of a job. That's all I gotta say. That's enough True. of a job. You don't need to do anything else. But yeah. I am a stay at home mom, but I'm also a content creator. Before that, I ran my own practice for like many years. I'm like I'm well educated. I have a master's degree. I'm like I can't believe someone would say that to me. But I'm not gonna. Again, it's not about ratting out the other person and being like you know you don't yeah. know what you're talking about. I'm this mm-hmm. this is like that's that that's a challenge, right? Sometimes you want to say yeah. more than you should. Yeah. It's all about keeping your brand. That's another thing. That would be my biggest tip, actually. If I was to give you the biggest tip of trying to separate 
yourself, like you as a person, individual, mm-hmm. like you, Sydney or me, Tina, away from, you know, uh, mama's high on chai or away from mom boss or three is that mm-hmm. you are not your brand. Right. So right. if someone says something about you in terms of the content you created, mm-hmm. it's makes it a little bit easier to say it's, they don't have a problem with me. They have a problem right. with my brand. Right. So right. it makes it a little right. bit easier to just True. sort of separate yourself from that. Cause you do need, you do need some separation in order to maintain a healthy life for yourself. Right. And that is a, an excellent advice. Actually, I never thought of it that way. You need a, you need a barrier. Like I think for, for mental health, I think you do need a barrier because there has to be some division between that life and your personal life. And again, I like to be very authentic online. I like to keep it very real. Um, and I do probably share about 90% of my real life online, but I do keep that little bit just for myself. And I think it's the same as, you know, having company over, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the same as, as anything. It's just like, you know, right. you act as you would if you had people coming over. Yeah. And it's so true. You know, you do, I, I post, I posted one time and I'm really new at this and I've, uh, and on my stories, I posted one time about same as um, it, during COVID-19, how my emotions were all over the place. And um, I mentioned like extreme anxiety and things like that. And then And I questioned myself afterwards, right? It was this like, you put yourself in this vulnerable position where you don't know if you did the right thing or not. And it's um, like, after the fact, you just feel like, I don't know, should I have shared it or should I have kept it? Because yeah, like you, the fact that you have to think about what are the other you know, people looking for, right? Like what kind of content are they looking for? Are they looking to me? I would, I would say that I would go for, you know, I would totally listen to you all day long because I know that you're, you're being real in anything that you say or do. Right. I can, I can totally relate to, to what you said about, you know, sometimes you do question yourself and that you need to create that barrier. Yeah. You need that barrier. You know, there is, like I said, I think that people are, some people are looking for inspiration, motivation, and some people are looking for relatability. And sometimes that content can coexist and sometimes it can't. And I think when it's me, I'm looking for relatability. Like my entire brand is based on relatability, right? Like I am the average mom friend, right? Like I, I'm trying to, like, that is, that is me in real life. And that is, you know, the, the image that I portray online as well. So I think when you're trying to create authentic content, Mm -hmm. you have to realize that sometimes it's not for everyone, right? So like when you're sharing about, you know, extreme anxiety and moods being all over the place, yeah, there's some people who maybe didn't dig that, but there's probably other people who felt like, oh, thank God someone feels like me, right? And that's the relatability piece. And I think that creates a strong, um, like connection to people. Right since we're talking about, you know, social media, mental health uh, as an influencer, you know, when you're new in this, in this position or in this world, you start off with creating your, you know, you, you start off with all these dreams and aspirations and, you know, you're on this creative journey and at some point you're, following you can say like let's just say instagram or youtube for example like for youtube it would be subscribers and then for Mm -hmm. instagram it would be followers so you know your the the amount of following you have determines your success i disagree with that 
there is so many factors that go into what, first of all, it's what you define as success. If you, if your goal is to be a digital content creator and you want to partner with brands that you love and share content and things that you love, then yes, subscribers and followers do matter somewhat. But Mm -hmm. if, if that's what you're kind of deeming success, then that is not the only thing that brands look at. So people yeah. look at your um, your engagement and what it is unique about you that you bring and the unique following that you have, right? And so mm-hmm. I think that there are certain categories of um, content creators that's a little bit harder to break through because of that. Because you look at people mm-hmm. like that are gamers, right? Like on, on YouTube and stuff, there's just so many of them, mm-hmm. right? And they're all in the same age bracket, right? They're so, all the same demographic. Like it's, mm-hmm. th- that is an area that's different. I think when it comes to people like you and I, it's like, we are moms from a South Asian background, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I'm assuming you're not 20. So like, no. you know, we're, exactly, so we're, we're, we're in a different age bracket and whatever. Yeah. So I think that there's a value with that, with the people mm-hmm. who follow you. And yeah. also I would say any mom or most moms, I think on social media have a advantage because women and moms in households have like the biggest buying power right so these mm-hmm. are like the people who are following us are the ones that are spending the money right so this mm-hmm. is th- that's another thing so it's not just your subscribers and you know followers yes there is some you know that is important in a certain light but that's not the only thing that people right. look at because at i all. feel like there is that misconception as well is you know that or not really just even mix misconception but you end up comparing yourself to like you know sometimes I feel like when um, you're starting off, you might feel like you're a drop in the bucket, right? Because it is such Mm -hmm. a saturated online world. Um, And it's like, when are you, if you're looking for like more following or growing your, your, like say for me, my listenership, my, my audience, um, where does it stop? Cause like, if I get to you know, a thousand, then I'm going to say, well, 2000, right. And then 20,000, where, where does it even stop? Right. Like, so you have to sort of, and, and that also plays in the, plays a role in your mental health. Right. Um, yeah, so it can affect it your mental health as well when you, when you keep striving for more and more. And so I, you know, I personally feel that there has to be, I mean, that's not the answer. Yeah, it's not. And, you know, I can even share for myself, um, the numbers game is very stressful and it's not just people starting out. It's me as well. I've been on, I've been in the space for five years, but the numbers mm-hmm. game is stressful for even me. You know, you have a drop in numbers. You're like, why did I have a drop in numbers? What happened? What did I do? You know, and you look at your mm-hmm. analytics and you try to figure out like, was something different, but honestly, sometimes there's not. Sometimes mm-hmm. an algorithm changes here or there. Sometimes they remove like fake followers from certain places um, or inactive accounts or, you know, people may, you know, not comment or engage with the post as much. And sometimes it's because of the content, but sometimes it could be, it was Saturday morning on the hottest day of the year and everyone's outside. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not, it becomes very stressful to try to figure out why certain content doesn't work or why numbers drop or go up. Like that can be hard. Like it's always fine when it's on the up with up, uh, upward swing, but it's never fine when it's on the downward swing. Right. So it's not just people who are new in the space. It's everyone. Right. Do you think that 
There is still more need for South Asian representation, especially for women, um, given that the online world now is already so saturated. Personally, I think that everyone has a story to share and I encourage everyone to share it if they feel comfortable. That, that That's how I feel. I think that there is space for everyone on social. And that's the wonderful thing about social is that you don't have to come with any kind of following or any kind of um, experience or connections to be to start a social media mm-hmm. channel in whatever platform you choose. And I think that's what's so great about it. And everyone has a story to share if you want to, right. like if you want to share your story or you want to connect with people, even if someone else is doing a podcast on a very similar topic or whatever it is, or someone else's, you know, has Instagram page that's very similar. It's like, there's, there's no, it, it might be a saturated market market, but it's not, there's still space for everyone. And I don't think South Asian women and South Asian moms or South Asian, like older South Asian women, I don't think we're saturating the market at all. Like, I think there's <laughs> lots of room for more of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Cause I feel like, you know, there's always the fear of failing, especially when you're new to it and you want to, especially for moms, right? Like they, mm-hmm. um, I know for me, I wanted something for myself, like for selfish reasons, I would, I wanted to do this, right? Even though I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just something to, to do for myself and learn and connect with other, other mothers. And, um, but, but at the same time, there was this, you know, fear that I'm not going to be able to take up space in the industry or, um, you know, or fail, right? Yeah. You know, I think that if you come at it with, you know, a couple of things. The first is if you're doing something you're passionate about, let that passion be your guide in what you're doing, right? Like, so be passionate about what you're talking about and that'll right. keep you going. And, you know, like I said, if you're creating authentic content that, and, you know, keeping it very real, people see that people see that, um, passion you have for what you're doing. Right. Right. And I think that if you're doing something like, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who will, you know, create certain types of content just because it's very likable or on trend or clickable or whatever. And that's all fine. But when it doesn't fit with your, your, your passion project, then Mm -hmm. it sometimes can be a miss. Right. So I think you're passionate about what you're doing. You're consistent at what you're doing. Then sometimes just creating the content can be a joy in and of itself. And that sounds very much like when I started um, YouTube back Mm -hmm. in whatever year it was, 2016 or something. But when I started YouTube, then I felt like, you know, the same thing. I felt very, um, you know, passionate about what I was doing. And it was fun for me. You know, Mm -hmm. I had young kids and I wanted something for myself. Like I started for selfish reasons too, right? It's just for me. Whenever I get overwhelmed by everything, I go back to, okay, what is it that I really want? And why did I start this in the first place? And, and so that's what I kind of, you know, how I keep myself sort of focused. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, remember why you started, be consistent, be authentic and passionate about what you're doing. And I think if you do those things, then you do it as long as it adds value for you. And if at some point you decide that this is not what I want to do anymore, this is not adding value for me. Right. Um, and you know, then you don't have to keep doing it, right? Like it's, 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 it's whatever you want to do. Like you have complete control over that space. Right. Right. That's so true. Tina, I wanted to ask you about competition in this online world, especially when it comes to, you know, the, the, mom motherhood community 
um, do you find that there is more support or more competition? Um, so there's definitely competition in this space. I mean, I try not to focus on the competition so much because I think everyone kind of brings their own unique version of content to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, but the competition is there, but I've always kind of, you know, felt more like if we support each other and lift each other up, it's better for everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I very often will get, I mean, during COVID, I've had tons of them like requests to like, you know, collaborate or do stuff with people, whatever. And if I can, I always say yes. Cause I think that it's, it's collaboration over competition. Right. Right. So right. I think when you moms in this space, there are certain ones who have been here maybe for a long time and they've got their own click and they, they do their own thing and they support each other and, and that's fine. So that can be a little bit different to like break through. But mm -hmm. I think like my opinion is collaboration over competition because I think it's good for everyone. Everyone. Right. Wins. Like if someone is doing really well, it's good for everyone in that community. So um, yeah, you have to kind of not fall into that trap. Like so-and-so now has this many followers and I only have this many followers. Like it becomes very dangerous. And, you know, mm -hmm. we've talked so much about mental health and stuff. Like it becomes very dangerous to think of it that way. Right. Because people do start taking it personally and it's not necessarily about you. Right. So, yeah. um, I think if you just go with the mindset of collaboration over competition, then, you know, that's kind of the way to look at it. On that same note, I will also say that if you reach out to someone, and they mm -hmm. don't respond or they don't get back to you, it's not personal. Right. Chances are that they're inundated with messages and requests for all kinds of stuff, right? So it's not personal. I right. often worry about that, right? Like I'm uh, sometimes I'll message someone to collaborate. They didn't get back to me. Like, well, I wonder why they didn't or whatever. And it's just, yeah. you know, it's, it's just life and you can't take it personally. <laughs> take it personally. Yeah. yeah. I've learned that over time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, there was something that I read this morning. Um, it was a, a quote by someone saying the idea is not to is not to take up the entire stage but to to make a bigger stage so everyone else can join in right so yeah and i really that's, like yeah, that's that amazing. yeah 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 there's there's space for you know i there is space for everyone. You know, people mm -hmm. talk about things being oversaturated and too many this and too many that. There is space for everyone to tell their story. Thank you so much, Tina. It was wonderful chatting with you today. And honestly, you brought so much insight into, you know, the, the questions that I had and, you know, for you as a, I consider you the, the OG in this in this world so and i'm sure that it would be so helpful for oh, other <laughs> that's so flattering that's so flattering thank you so much and i'm sure that it would be so helpful for other moms or even other um women south asian women that um are considering starting up their own creative journeys and uh, it's so nice to be able to connect with you thank you so much for having me Thank you so much for listening to Mama's High on Chai. Please don't forget to subscribe to this channel, refer it to a friend, and review it on Apple Podcast in order to keep this show going. I always love to hear from you, so connect with me on Instagram at Mama's High on Chai. Again, I always appreciate your support and sending you so much love, peace, and healing energy. 
<laughs> See you next time.